0: Hello and welcome to The Game Show, Outcasting's LGBTQ game show where we discuss the news, LGBTQ facts, and more. The format is very simple. Each contestant has prepared three questions on three separate topics and will take turns posing and discussing these questions with the other contestant. The person who correctly answers the most questions or cracks the best jokes is the official Outcasting supreme leader of LGBTQ facts and puns. This edition of Outcasting's game show is a smackdown between Rose and me, Isha. Hi, Rose. How are you? I'm doing very well. How about you? I'm doing well. I'm a bit stressed because I have an AP Gov paper due soon, but other than that, doing pretty well. Good. So, Rose, why don't you get us started? Okay.
1: We're young, and it's sometimes hard to remember that public support for LGBTQ equality wasn't always there. When President Biden was a senator back in the 1990s, he voted in favor of the Anti-Gay Defense of Marriage Act, but he kept his mind open and he evolved greatly and became a big ally of equality. During the 2020 presidential campaign, he pledged to support a new law that would give some additional protection to LGBTQ people. What was it? Was it A. Gender reassignment surgeries being covered by taxes, B. A bill that outlaws conversion therapy at the federal level, C. A movement that invites drag queens to elementary schools to teach about inclusiveness. Or D. A program that creates job opportunities for
0: homeless LGBTQ youth. Hmm. I have some tough options. Well, I think I can eliminate A. Gender reassignment surgeries being covered by taxes. Just because I know that a lot of things are not fully covered by taxes, like regular health care as well. And so I don't think that this would be part of, like, a new law. Um, and then B., I think that I would also have to eliminate B, a bill that outlaws conversion therapy at the federal level, just because, and I might be iffy on this, but uh, what I remember is that there are like a bunch of states that don't really have any laws on conversion therapy, and so I don't think that there's a federal law that bans it. C, I think I can also eliminate a movement that invites drag queens to elementary schools to teach about inclusiveness, just because I know that elementary schools don't tend to teach their kids about LGBTQ culture, which is like obviously very, very sad just because a lot of parents don't want to teach their children about the LGBTQ community. And so I don't really see that being very feasible as a law. And D, a program that creates job opportunities for homeless LGBTQ youth. I think that that makes the most sense like for a new law that Biden would create, but I'm not sure. So I'm just going to go with my final answer being D. That is a very good guess, but the correct answer is actually
1: B, a bill that outlaws conversion therapy at the federal level. And I think it's actually pretty interesting that Biden is in support of this, and I think it really shows a lot of personal growth on his behalf because he has not always supported marriage equality. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he supported the Defense of Marriage Act, which was intended to exclude same-sex couples from marriage. I think it's really admirable how he can have his opinion change for the better and become more inclusive
0: Yeah, I think it's really great that he's pledging to outlaw conversion therapy at the federal level. A lot of states don't have restrictions on conversion therapy, and we actually did a piece in outcasting on conversion therapy. And what was discussed was basically the people who go through conversion therapy have awful experiences and often develop all sorts of mental disorders afterwards. And so it's just really great that Biden pledged support for banning conversion therapy. Yeah, I agree. I really hope it works out. Okay, so now I think it's time for me to go on to my first question. Let's do it. DaBaby is an American rapper known for his popular songs, which can be heard all over the radio and TikTok. Why did DaBaby receive backlash online after performing at Rolling Loud, a music festival in Florida? Was it A, he said a slur towards gay men? B, he said that being gay is a sin and that all gay people should burn in hell? C, he made harmful comments about HIV and AIDS? Or was it D? He said that electroshock therapy should be used to cure people of their gayness. Okay, so I think I read an article about this,
1: and I'm going to go with C, that he made harmful comments about HIV and AIDS, but I feel like he also said a slur while doing it, but I could be
0: wrong, so I'm just going to go with C. You are correct. The answer is C. He made harmful comments about HIV and AIDS. So at Rolling Loud, DeBaby asked his audience to put their cell phone flashlights up if they didn't show up today with HIV or AIDS or if any of them sexually transmitted diseases that will make you die in two to three weeks. And then he followed this with a homophobic statement. I
1: think it's awful because I know that he has such a large following of young people and if this is who they're looking up to, I think it can give them the wrong ideas and it really demonizes gay people because. You know, it treats them like they're the ones who are responsible for this, and it's just not right. And I think it can be very harmful. Like,
0: even seemingly small statements like that have such a larger impact. Yeah, definitely. And I think a main thing that struck me about this statement is that it's just highly inaccurate. You don't die from AIDS in two to three weeks. And as you said, he was being outrightly homophobic, and this is extremely harmful to the gay community. Something that I thought was kind of pertinent to this was that a lot of his fan base are, like, younger males. And so, like, these younger males, like, if their role model is DaBaby, then they're getting the impression that being homophobic and making statements like this is acceptable when it's really not. I agree. Luckily, there were some updates, and it kind of puts DaBaby in a better light. After this whole thing, he was actually asked to meet with leaders from HIV organizations and so we met with them on August 25th and then on August 31st these leaders from the HIV organizations released a statement and they said that during the meeting Debaby apologized for the comments that he made during the festival and that he was actively listening and learning about the LGBTQ community and more about HIV and AIDS. Well that's a relief
1: to hear you know because a lot of the times these things will blow over and people will forget
0: about them so it's mm-hmm. good that he's trying to take responsibility. Although something that I do have an issue with is that while we are following this case and seeing that DaBaby is trying to learn from his horrible actions and things that he said, there were so many people that heard DaBaby say these homophobic comments and that these people are probably not following the case. And so they don't realize that DaBaby is actively trying to learn and educate himself. And so, as I said, these people are going to be the same people who are going to perpetuate these homophobic statements. Yeah, that part is a little upsetting. Okay, Rose, so you have one point and I have none. I think it's time to get into your next question.
1: Alright. Well, we all know that LGBTQ safe spaces have evolved over the decades as technology and public opinion have shifted, but historically, members of the LGBTQ community were not always accepted as individuals in social settings. Coming out as gay or trans was seen as a punishable offense. During the most impactful periods of hate in the United States, many queer people would resort to socializing in bars and clubs that cater towards the LGBTQ community. Currently, the internet's anonymity and guarantee of easy socializing supports a younger generation of LGBTQ people. In these safe spaces, an addictive feeling of comfort and widespread acceptance connect the young and old LGBTQ generations together. But before the expansion of the internet, LGBTQ people socialized wherever they could, often in secret or at places that only tolerated LGBTQ patrons. During this period, LGBTQ people were often forced to hide their sexualities and gender identities in public due to fears of violence and even threats of jail time. Even the slightest glance at a stranger may come off wrong. Many LGBTQ people would find themselves in bars and clubs that catered towards queer folk. These places gave them a safe space where they could socialize, be who they are, and not feel afraid of humiliation or scrutiny from others. From there, queer bars would be the foundation for a sense of community among LGBTQ people and also play a role in being the setting for political activism. Unfortunately, things were far from perfect, and these locations often faced harassment from local officials. In New Jersey, anti-LGBTQ liquor laws were passed to give law enforcement the reason to raid LGBTQ bars. Then on June 29, 2021, New Jersey's now former attorney general publicly apologized for its past anti-LGBTQ liquor laws that gave incentive for law enforcement to target LGBTQ bars. What was New Jersey's response to its past liquor laws that systematically targeted LGBTQ venues? Was it A, demolish a statue of a homophobic liquor lawmaker, B, revive the laws with stricter guidelines, C, put laws in place to protect LGBTQ establishments, or D, establish a better working
0: relationship with LGBTQ bars? I think the answer is C, laws put in place to protect LGBTQ establishments, just because I think in my mind that would be like the best thing they could do, so my final answer is C the correct answer is actually
1: d establish a better working relationship with lgbtq bars i was so close d was my second next choice Mm, next time i think this is a really good step towards progress and step towards change and i'm very glad it's happening i think it shows maturity how they can you know instead of just pretending you know the past is the past and it doesn't matter they're saying it matters and we are doing this and we want to make it better.
0: Okay, so I think if you have nothing more to say that I can get into my second question. Sounds good to me. A popular American TV show that has been airing for over 15 years is currently featuring a same-sex couple for the first time. Which show is it? Is it A, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, B, Dancing with the Stars, C, 90 Day Fiancé, or D, Love at First Sight? I think
1: it's B, Dancing with the Stars, and that one of... One of the people who is part of the same-sex couple is Jojo Siwa, but I could be wrong.
0: But my guess is B. You are correct. The answer is B, Dancing with the Stars. And actually, I wasn't expecting you to know who the person was in the same-sex couple, but you guessed. But I did have a second question. And my second follow-up question was, do you have any guesses as to who might be in the same-sex couple? And my hint was that she is a hair bow mogul and was on another dance reality TV show. But you got to it before I could.
1: Yes, I did have a certain advantage because my girlfriend actually sent me an
0: article about this a couple Uh days ago. So I'm relieved about that. I thought that this was really interesting because Jojo Siwa is someone who I like watched on Dance Moms when I was younger. And then within the last year or so, I remember seeing a TikTok of hers while I was like scrolling on my For You page. and. It was basically kind of her coming out. And I found out through more research that she identifies as pansexual. So I think it's just, like, really cool to see someone who I grew up watching to, like, come out and kind of explore themselves and whatnot. I agree. And I think it's also really sweet because a
1: lot of her fans, you know, at the age when she was younger and non-dance moms mm-hmm. were around her age. You know, they were yeah little kids. And now that she's growing up, we're kind of growing up with her. So I think it's really cool that, you know, as she is – navigating her sexuality we you know are kind of navigating our own and I think she's a great role model and I'm very glad that our generation has someone like her
0: yeah definitely and I'm happy that you brought up the role model thing just because like a lot of her fan base now are like very young girls like I would say maybe like even ages four to like 10 like I think that's her primary fan base and so if she's coming out and like talking about her sexuality and things like that then that means that this like next generation of girls are more likely to be inclusive because one of their main role models was someone who identified as pansexual. Yeah, I think it's so cool. Okay, Rose, so you are beating me <laughs> by a solid two points. The score is two to zero. I am the zero. Uh, hopefully I can redeem myself somewhat with your last question, Rose, so if you would want to start that. Yes, I wish you the best of luck. Ah,
1: uh, thank you. Mm-hmm. So, a student in a New York City school recently came out as gay. Instead of being received with acceptance from his classmates, he was repeatedly harassed with slurs and threats of violence. What was the school's reaction to the bullying? Was it A, the school had students watch a seminar on the history of violence towards the LGBTQ community, B, the school suspended all of the people who harassed the student and made them write apology letters to the student? C. The school contacted a nonprofit LGBTQ organization to give a speech to the entire student body. Or D. The school took no action against the bullying and allowed it to continue until
0: the parents of the student intervened. The answer choice that's really sticking out to me is D, just because I think that's that kind of, like, classic story of the school not really doing anything and letting the bullying get so bad. All the other answer choices, while well, I think that they're definitely, like, possible, I just have a hunch that the school didn't do anything in this case. So my final answer is D. Unfortunately, you
1: are correct. The school did not do anything. And I think something that's also really relevant is that there is a higher suicide rate for LGBTQ teens. And I think a lot of that comes from bullying. And, you know, it was mentioned in the article that this student was feeling suicidal. And I'm sure that this
0: bullying that he was facing did not help at all. You would think that someone within the school, I mean, it can literally be anyone, just like a singular teacher, just a singular like guidance counselor, just like one person in the school would want to take action. And it's really just telling that everyone kind of just stood there and watched this kid get bullied. Also, what I think is interesting is that we tend to make these like generalizations like, oh, New York is very liberal. Things like that don't happen in New York. But although it is like a liberal city things like this can happen in New York. And so I think that's just like very upsetting, like making generalizations like that can be very harmful.
1: Yes, I agree. And I feel like a lot of the questions that we've had so far in this game show were about progress and, you know, how things are getting better. So it is a little disappointing that one of these kind of takes us back a step.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I did redeem myself, but I'm also very upset that that was like actually the answer choice. Yeah. Okay, well- I'm going to start my third question, if you don't mind, Rose. I feel ready. LGBTQ history is almost always not talked about in school. However, as more and more people push for LGBTQ history to be integrated into existing curriculums, some schools have actually started to do so. But there's never been a country that has implemented nationwide mandates for schools to teach LGBTQ history, at least up until this year. Which of the following countries is it? Is it A. Scotland B. United States, C, Saudi Arabia, or D,
1: India. I was actually doing a practice AP exam today that talked about Scotland and like how they were lowering the voting age to 16. So I kind mm-hmm. of have Scotland in my mind. So yeah, that's my final answer A, Scotland.
0: You are correct. The answer is A, Scotland. I'm surprised that that strategy worked, but relieved it did. <laughs> I mean, it was like a valid reason because I think it's like a very progressive thing to lower the voting age to 16. And so it kind of, it kind of fits. Yeah. So something that I thought that was interesting was like, why wasn't this covered in the mainstream media? And I know that like, it's Scotland, and Scotland isn't really covered in American media. So I think that's definitely a reason. But do you have maybe any thoughts on that?
1: Well, I think a reason it could be not covered in American media is because... It's a little embarrassing, I guess, that like another country is more progressive than we are because, you know, there are a lot of homophobic people in the United States. Mm -hmm. So it could be like they don't want to show it but because they don't support it or it could be that they don't want to show it
0: because they're embarrassed. Yeah, I think the U.S. has this like very ethnocentric view where they're like, oh, we're better than everyone. We're more progressive in terms of everything. We're more modern, yada, yada, yada. And so it's, like, a country, like, not that there's anything wrong with Scotland, but, like, another country is, in my view, is better at teaching LGBTQ history, which, like, they objectively are, obviously, if they're implementing a nationwide mandate. Yeah. Well, good for Scotland. So what do you think about LGBTQ education in schools or the lack thereof from your own experience? Well, there has not been a lot of it in... Mm -hmm. you
1: know, in my schools. I think last year, we did do something for June Pride Month. Mm -hmm. But other than that, we haven't really done much. And I do think it's important because I think prejudice is taught. And Mm -hmm. I think it can be untaught. And I think school is a great place to do it.
0: Yeah, I remember last year in my AP US history class, I was like actually surprised when my teacher started talking about the Stonewall riots. And it was such a little thing. But I don't know, I was just very surprised. And then it was also like a question on one of our tests. And it seems silly, but I think compared to like what I've learned about LGBTQ history in the past, which has been literally nothing, even one question on a multiple choice test seemed like a lot to me in a good way. Yes, I think changes are happening. And they're happening slowly, but it's good that they're happening. Yeah, definitely. And I have a follow up question. So how important do you think LGBTQ education is in schools? And what do you think about its impact that it can have on students? Well, I think it is very important because
1: if a student is a member of the LGBTQ community, and they're having doubts, like, is this okay? Is this normal? Mm -hmm. And suddenly, it's something that's being part of the curriculum. that kind of
0: normalizes it and can make them feel more valid. And I think you put it perfectly. But I think that prejudice can be untaught, especially when you're at a school age and you're surrounded by other people who are kind of like receptive to new ideas. I at least hope that it can be untaught or you can just kind of like educate someone who may not know that much in LGBTQ history. Yeah, I I hope that it gets better. So for the final points, Rose has three points and I have won. Good game, Misha. Yeah, I think that this might be the third time you have won. Maybe. I feel like we tied one of the times. Oh, wait. You might be
1: right about that, but you put up a good fight. Thank you. You know, I, I like
0: your I like your logic that you use for the questions to process and el- eliminate them. Thank you. I wonder if you would have done just as well if you hadn't taken that practice AP today. Oh, I don't know. I guess I'll have to <laughs> thank my teacher tomorrow. It's <laughs> a good idea. Mm-hmm. Okay, Rose, well, it was nice having you in the game show today. It was nice being here. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this edition of the Outcasting Game Show, please make your tax-deductible contribution today. We can't do programs like this without your support. To make your donation, please visit us at outcastingmedia.org. Thanks.